Welcome to Round Rock Church of Christ. We're glad you're listening. If you're in the Austin area, we'd love to have you join us this Sunday at 8.30 or 10 a.m. Or you can check us out and watch online at roundrockchurch.us. May God bless you as you seek Him, and may He use this message to give you exactly what you need. Wow. Turn around and look back and see how many folks have. It's wonderful to see so many people here. Uh, my name is Tim Curtis, and I am the interim preaching minister. Uh, the good thing about that is I'm temporary. Uh, while this church is searching for a permanent uh, preacher, and uh, just keep praying about that. Um, but I also feel like I need to kind of meet a lot of you because a lot of you are here for the first time in a while, uh, and those of you who have been here for a long time, I don't recognize you without your masks. So it's kind of a Kind of confusing, but anyway, I, I really am so thankful that we get to share this time and uh, a few minutes to think about uh, what this is all about. Um, I, I love that Easter falls this time of year. Uh, I can't imagine living, you know, in the, in the southern hemisphere where it's fall right now, because one of the blessings of springtime is we get those constant reminders of that God has done something new. Uh, God is bringing what was dead back to life again. And I think especially this year, uh, when we've seen so much uh, death, really, uh, not only physical, but uh, just in, in nature, it's just so good to see this uh, kind of renewal uh, that, uh, that we're experiencing in springtime. Uh, and I hope that you are very much aware of the renewal that God offers you, uh, that He, because of His great love for you, uh, you have that promise that all of those that uh, belong to Jesus, when he comes back for that great resurrection, uh, that we're going to be with him forever. Uh, and that is a marvelous way to celebrate Easter uh, and what this day is all about. But the, the problem is that's kind of incomplete. That's good. I mean, that's a, a wonderful thing to be mindful that someday Jesus is going to come back and take all of us to go and be with him forever. But that's not the whole story. Because when the Bible speaks of resurrection, there are actually two resurrections that uh, it points to. One is the resurrection that's at the end of time uh, that we are, are mindful of right now when he will come back and make everything right. And Easter reminds us of that. But there is another resurrection before that. And actually, the end of time resurrection it's really the culmination of that first resurrection. Now, the good news is the Apostle Paul, in a letter that he wrote to a church in Colossae, we call the letter Colossians, brings both of those resurrections together. And, uh, and I want to spend a little bit of time reading from Colossians, the, the third chapter. He begins by saying uh, in verse 1 that since you have been raised to, life, to new life with Christ, not since you will someday be raised, but since you have been raised to new life with Christ. That's the first resurrection. When someone makes that decision, and we've been talking about Easter as an example these past few weeks, when someone makes that decision that just as Jesus died, they are going to accept his invitation to die to self, to take up their cross and to determine that we're going to follow him. And just as Jesus was buried in a tomb, we make that decision. 
that we're going to be buried with him in baptism. And just as he came out of his grave, we too came out of ours. And so we are new people. And this is that, that first resurrection that he's talking about. When, um, when you know, We use the expression many times of being born again or reborn. Well, that's, that's when that first resurrection happens. And because of that resurrection, because we now have a new life, our priorities reflect that. Uh, and that's what this section is all about. So again in chapter 3, verse 1, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, here's what you do. You set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. I think what Paul is kind of driving at here is that um, we, we set our sights on this new reflection, this new life, uh, and then he goes on and in very concrete terms tells what that life looks like, which is good, because if, if we if we've if we've turned our attention away from that old way of life, what is it exactly that we're leaving behind? So Paul makes sure we, we want to know exactly what that is. So in verse 5, he says, so here's what you do. Because you're a new person, because you've had this first resurrection, you put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. You ever feel that like that's a good description of what that old person was like? And sometimes we still feel that pull as a new person. You, that, that earthly uh, earthly things lurking within you. And he gets really specific about what he means. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. That's the old life to which we died. You used to do these things when your life was uh, um, uh, when when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior, slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. And so, what Paul is saying here is there's this there's this old way of life that you die to. Why would you hang on to the, the values and the practices of that old way of life? Those, that's just not appropriate because we have left that life behind. And really, wouldn't you be much better off without all of that? All the things that he's just described, you know, the anger and uh, you know, the, the immorality and the dissension, all those things lying to one another, that's, that is the very worst of human behavior. Paul says that's part of your old life. So we're going we're gonna to leave that behind. You die to that. And then he tells us about this new life. And I, I love the way he leads into it. He says, you, you've, you've stripped off the old nature with all of its wicked deeds. Here's what you do. You put on your new nature. You've been resurrected. So you put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. And this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, that's just another way of saying Jew or Gentile, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, 
Christ is all that matters, and He lives in all of us. So this new life to which we have been raised, Jesus is at the very center of that. And just like He did with the old life, He gets specific. Here are some, here are some uh, ways that you see that life. Here's, here are some very concrete examples of the new life, just as He showed us some concrete examples from the old life. I love those moments that I've experienced just a few times in my life where, um, where reading a passage in the Bible has just struck uh, so close to the center of my heart that I just felt like that when Paul or the gospel writers, whoever were writing that, they, they had me in mind. Uh, that's how close to home it, it hit me. And I can remember times when, uh, I remember one time specifically where I was sitting on the couch, and I was reading my Bible, and I read something that just did that. It was just so electric to me that I just set my Bible down and, and stood up and backed away. Like there was just really something going on there that I needed to listen to, and I still uh, have the impact of that moment with me today. It determines some, some things about my life. What follows in Colossians 3 has had the same effect. Um, and it, it was so pertinent and I felt like it was so important that a few years ago I committed these verses to memory. Uh, this whole section here. And I had that for about 24 hours. <laughs> and then I slept and it was all gone. But I came back again and I tried again. And I, I still don't, I, I kind of can't keep it there. I think as I get older, maybe that's a, an evidence of that. And so what I have done is I, I took these verses and I wrote them on a 3 by 5 card. And for years I have kept this 3x5 card on my desk at home, and I also have a 3x5 card with these verses on my desk at my office. And the reason for that is I want these words to be true of me. These, what Paul is going to tell you in just a second, it's so good, this life that he offers is so good that it is, it is we talked a moment ago about how what he said before is the worst of human behavior. This is the very best of human behavior. And so I want this to be true of me, and so I just keep this before me uh, a great deal. Here's, here's what Paul writes, beginning in verse 12. He said that since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. I love that. That's how he begins. Not here's how you're going to live so that God will love you, but it flows out of the fact that God loves you and God chose you. That, that's the basis for everything. This is what God does for you based upon what we see in Jesus, his death, burial, and his resurrection. Out of that reality, here, here's what you do. You must clothe yourselves. That means we're going to put this on. This is going to be true of us. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. He doesn't say fix each other's faults. That gets a little bit tiring, doesn't it? Instead, you, you make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Not just the people who ask for that forgiveness. You forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, if you struggle with that a little bit, he says, remember the Lord forgave you. <laughs> And so you must forgive others. Above all, and that's all good, but here's the most important thing he has to say that really sums it all up. Clothe yourselves. There's that word again. We're going to put this on. Clothe yourselves with love. In other words, live love. 
Clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. There is so much discord in our world today. This new life that Jesus offered is one that's marked by perfect harmony. And he says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And just to kind of cap it off, he says, and always be thankful. And that's not just a little add-on. That really is at the heart of, of what he is saying here. This is what the resurrected life looks like. If you want to know all this stuff about this new life, and I've been born again, and, and, and I'm going to set my sights on the realities of heaven, this is what it looks like. It is being a person who, rather than reflecting the values of this world, the, the hatred and the anger and, and the sin, that rather than being a person who reflects that, I now have a new perspective with which to approach life. And that perspective is one where I am I'm living love. I'm, just, I'm, I'm living love. I'm being someone who is forgiving, someone who is kind, someone who is non-judgmental. I think that's a pretty good life. I think that is a life that will not only bless me, but it will bless my family, it will bless my church, it will bless the people in my neighborhood, and my job, everyone I come in contact with. What a good, good life this is that he offers. And just as an aside, I want you to know that in two weeks, uh, I'll be back next week, but come back in two weeks as well because we're going to begin a series then called Alignment. And the goal of that series is just to help us do this, help us put into practice and align our lives with this new life that God has given us. But what I, what I want us to see today as we, as we close out this time is that on that very first Easter, Jesus didn't rise from the dead just so we would be free from the guilt of sin. That's a good thing. But he didn't come up out of that grave just so we would be free from the guilt of sin. He also came out of that grave so that we would be free from the practice of sin. There is this new life. We can take off the chains of bad behavior that weigh us down and do so much bad in this world, and we can live differently. He offers us a better way to live, a life not marked by hatred and enmity and anger and separation, uh, humanity at its worst. We die to that. And now what Jesus gives us is this new life, this new life where our world is blessed and we are blessed, and that's a good, good thing. The only thing better than being given a new life to live that's like what he's described here, the only thing better than that is knowing that when I fail, and when I go back to that old way of life, he still loves me, and he forgives me. He sets me free from the guilt of sin, but he also was trying to set me free from the practice of sin. And so I get up and I keep trying over and over again. And so I, I, my prayer and my hope for Easter this year is that we will not just think of the resurrection at the end of all time, but we also will think of the resurrection that hopefully we have already experienced. And if we haven't experienced that resurrection, that we'll be drawn to that. We'll be drawn to what Jesus has to offer us. That, that we will fully embrace what it means to live a resurrected life. Let's pray together. Father, I'm so thankful for these three weeks and all that we've been able to see from Jesus and how he um, 
he does just set us a marvelous example of what it means to put self out of the way, uh, to be buried, and to be raised anew. Uh, thank you for all that he did for us. And I'm just so thankful that everyone is here today. I'm thankful for this good church and what it means and the example that it is. And I pray that together uh, we will be able to encourage each other uh, to just live differently and to embrace this life that you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.